Welcome to another episode of Let's Discuss It Podcast. So I've been promoting this podcast for, God, what, like almost two months. And so I got someone sitting here in front of me. It's one of my three baby mamas. I'm not going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Did you want to introduce yourself? No. Why? <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know how to introduce myself. All right. So I got Lachelle here Baby mama me. number two. Baby mama number two. So I got my baby mama number two here. I have had many emails since I started this a year ago, <clears throat> and me and Lachelle has actually talked about doing a podcast when I first started actually doing the podcast, and it was it was supposed to be me, you, and Carmelody, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man, that would have been so funny, but how did you ever, do you ever feel any type of way when someone calls you, like, when I call you baby mama? Does that make you feel some type of way? No, because I feel like it's pretty, like, lighthearted, like, you don't mean it in any kind of, like, derogatory way. But what if it was used in a derogatory way? Would that still make you feel some type of way? Even I come over here and beat that ass. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? So I was telling somebody the other day, <clears throat> some 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 mothers does not like the word baby mama. They'd rather be called mother of your child. And I didn't know if you ever really took offense to that. I don't think we've ever really just talked about that. But I know one of my baby mamas don't like it. <laughs> and I remember bringing it up to you and you're like, I don't give a shit. What'd you call me? Yeah. I mean, I think like, obviously, I feel like there are a lot of people who don't want to be called baby mama. But like, if you know that it's just like joking or like it's it's not meant in like a bad way, like I don't think anything's wrong with it. I don't know. I don't I don't think like if if women are referring to their baby daddy, I don't always think of it as like a bad term, like oh, that's all he is to me is my baby daddy. and But I can see how sometimes that is taken as like, that's all he is to me. <laughs> that's you, my baby daddy. I think it's because when you see the phrase done on Facebook or if you see it on Instagram or Twitter, like when you see the term baby mom or baby daddy, it's always in almost a negative light because they're talking either shit about them yeah. or they're describing them like indirectly, even though they'd be like, oh, you know, my baby daddy didn't come pick up his kids today. And it's always one of those kind of scenarios. You're like, oh, well, they're always thinking the worst of it. Right. You know, um, so do you think... A lot of people who have kids and they, the relationship and do you think they have like, so we've had an up and down friendship oh, yeah. slash relationship the past seven years, seven, eight years. Like, do you think people have that many up and downs? <clears throat> um, <laughs> no, I'm going to be honest. I think most of the time, I feel like the majority of the time you hear about baby mama, baby daddy relationships, it's pretty like rough. Mm hmm. But I don't think there's a lot of like fighting, making up, fighting, making up like on other uh, in other relationships between baby mamas and baby daddies like we have. Well, I mean, we had a lot of fights, but it wasn't a making up like we were getting back together. We just had a lot of it's like a let's put it behind us. We like the ultimate goal here is to take care of our kid. Yeah, well, We, we do good not to stay bitter. We were at first. For sure, or we had. But that's because you were childish. <laughs> I was childish. You got like you got on. Oh god! Now you know you were childish. <laughs> no. We we both acted childish on Instagram, not Instagram, social media for a little bit. Like that was super <clears throat> super early. Um, when we both would blast each other on on social media, but that was like almost that was almost like the go-to when it came to bitter couples at the time true and also keep in mind like that was around like two three years into knowing each other and then like now Mm. you've known me for seven years you've gotten the the chance to like know what upsets me what irritates me what's gonna make me mad and the same vice versa like i feel like i'm not an easy person to get along with all the time and Mm -hmm. so like knowing what 
irritates me, what upsets me is not something you can learn in like a year. <laughs> so like throughout all the, the arguments and the, the fights and stuff like that, like you've learned like, oh, okay, like I know if I say this, it's going to irritate her. Well, I'll tell you what, <clears throat> I'll tell you exactly what I think when I, when I think about early on to now, there was a lot of growth on the end of, you're right. You do learn about how to handle someone's moods a little bit better and how to approach things. Cause early on, there was a lot of mistakes on my part on approaching you on, with certain things when it came to Noah or it came to being friends with you or crossing a certain line of our friendship. So it was always like, I would approach you about something. I didn't know how you took it. And when you took it a certain way, it was hard to fix something that I didn't know how to handle at the time. Because I mean, would do like, do you feel yourself as a complicated person to deal with? Oh yeah. Like, for sure. did, like, did your boyfriend think that you're complicated? Yeah, to deal probably. With? <laughs> <laughs> so I think what it was is like, I always wonder, because we've had like, I mean, people, if we can tell people these stories where when we used to meet each other early on after our split, when we would meet each other at our neutral spot, we would literally, there was a time where we wouldn't even speak. Not one word. Not one word. We would literally get out of the vehicle, <laughs> get Noah, get his bag, hand him over. I put him, you know. I you- know. You would li- you would literally text me, the church, 4 p.m. Like, <laughs> that's it. Like, and then we wouldn't talk for a week later, and then it'd be like, the church, 4.30. <laughs> but, but, I mean, looking back at it now, like, does it seem silly then? Because at the time, it was serious for us to kind of communicate with the bitterness uh i mean yeah it was pretty silly but i think we recovered from it fast like i said a lot of people still are pretty bitter and don't have good relationships and so i think that we've we know when we should just shut up and like not say anything about it i think when when was it that we had that me and you and joe had that heart to heart when was it like a month ago like a couple weeks ago when i sat there and i told you i said if it's going to come down to arguing with you i'd rather just give in because it's so exhausting because you are, I have never seen you lose an argument, I think, uh, or been outdone. Can we, can we put that on the record? Yeah, I've <laughs> never, I I personally have never seen you lose an argument to anybody because you were always prepared and that's one of those Fully things. prepared. Yeah, because With even, the receipts. <laughs> I know, and that's the worst part because you, I, listen, um, I know early on, like, I remember thinking, oh man, I. I got her now. Like I'm tapping, 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 typing really fast. Two steps ahead. And you were just like, oh, really? Boom, 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 boom on the comments. I'm like, oh, crap. And I don't have to delete the post because like, you know, I got outdone. So, you know, we had a, we had a situation not too long ago because I was always wondering about if the couples were, I mean, people who didn't make it, who had kids, like if they were ever just wishy-washy when it came to being friends. And cause like we had a couple of months where, you know, we would, have constant friction because of whatever we had going on and then we become really good friends and then friction and friends and then that one time do you want to tell them the story about one time when uh when we were when i was uh when we were dropping off Noah and you said don't you talk to me for a month <laughs> do you want yes, to tell that story that was okay that was on fourth of july because i asked <laughs> you to watch him for me it was like my night to watch him and i was like hey i have to work we're doing this event at the the airport i was like i need you to watch him i'll be like probably here till seven and you're like okay fine like i have plans after that but like i can watch him until that time and then like seven o'clock rolled around and we were still out there and you were so pissed like you were like what's going on like you told me it was gonna be seven o'clock like i'm late you know whatever i think it ended up being like an hour late and then whenever you had met up with me like you were mad because like you i guess 
doing that for me, I put you behind, like you relate to whatever you had going on. And mine was just because we were at the, the airport doing that event. Right. And I was literally so pissed. I was like, yeah, don't talk to me for a month. And then like a month later, literally on the day, August 4th, <laughs> you were like, hey, it's been 30 days. <laughs> Can we talk now? I was, it was like, what? I really like, and it's like, like you said, it's getting to know you and actually getting to, to read the moods and read the attitudes and the tones and stuff. And I just knew, I was like, because I, I mean, right after you said that, I was like a couple of days later, I, was, I saw you when I went and came and pick up Noah and like you still had that, like it's almost like an invisible force field. And if I got close to her, you were going to give me an attitude. So I was just like, yeah, I'm just going to avoid her. And well, like, I think like you kind of get used to like, okay, I know that this is going to cause this argument. Like, after a while, it becomes, like, repetitive. Like, I know that there's some, like, I'm sure you know that there are people out there like this that, like, they argue about which clothes stay at their house, like, as far as the child's clothes stay at their house and which ones, like, it's just, like, a huge hassle. And I've never understood that, like, why does it matter? It's the kid's clothes. Like, if, like, if Noah brings his nice shoes over here, all I got to say is, like, hey, do you have Noah's shoes? Like, I'm looking mm-hmm. for them. What you've done like, be- yeah. Which, yeah, what you've done before, which I did. Yeah. I would forget. But those are the things that cause arguments between baby mamas and baby daddies are, like, hey, why did he get a stain on his new shirt? Or why did, why did you leave his shoes here? Like, why is his tablet dead? Or, like, whatever. It's, like, you're just trying to argue about nothing like you genuinely just want to argue (laughs) do you feel like when it comes to like all right so with you dating somebody now and us having the back and forth history of on and off as being friends and stuff like that do you ever feel like the like the person that that we're dating you think that can always cause friction or make things better like you know I was I was having a conversation and I'll get back to that question but I had a conversation with somebody earlier and I was like you know I always wanted to know what it felt like to when you were finally dating somebody and they rode with you to go pick up your kid, like right after, like, cause you know, when we split up, we both dated other people over time. And I always wondered what it felt like to like see the other person. Like, I can tell you my perspective, but how did you see things when you noticed that, you know? <clears throat> so as far as like the other people, like since we've had Noah, you've dated a few mm-hmm. women. So I'm not speaking out of term to like just talk about instances with specific ones. But like you like, let's say your girlfriend at the time didn't want you to have a relationship with me. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, if I'm with someone, they have the impression that we don't have a good like we we just don't really talk that much. And then let that that relationship with your girlfriend ends and then you start talking again because you're allowed to quote unquote allowed to and then it's like my boyfriend will be like where'd this come from yeah like or vice versa you know me being with someone who didn't want us to socialize and you maybe being single and you're like oh Lachelle's just going through a phase or something and then whenever I break up with that someone it's like I can be friends with you again like I think that that's been the closeness and then the distance between us has been like just it's just inconsistent you know what i mean like some people are not okay with you being friends with your with your exes yeah or you know what you know even <clears throat> early on everybody i've ever dated before after you like i've always said 
like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm really cool. You know, I'm really cool with my ex. Like, we have a kid together. We have a good relationship, whatever, whatever. And they're all fine with it when it's going on. Right. But then as time goes on, it, you know. They're like, why did you, why did Lachelle just text you about her <laughs> whatever? Like, the book she's reading. It's like. <laughs> well, you know, you always get that whole, oh, I'm so glad that you have this type of relationship. I'm so glad y'all get along for, yeah. for Noah and all this. And then later, it's just like. Uh, why is she texting this lady? Exactly. Like, exactly. Why would she even text you that? It has nothing to do with Noah. And I'm just like, because but like we were you talking about it. Well, like, you knew, like, it's almost like you knew what this was before you came in. And so as, I could see I now. Think, I think that that's just <clears> something we do to keep the, like, to keep the relationship, like, solid, I mm-hmm. guess. Like, we talk to each other, not necessarily about important things, but like, just little things to, kind of just keep the relationship so we know what's going on in each other's lives and mm-hmm. it's it's not even to be like oh just she wants to confide in her ex like no that's not it at all like no. it's like i just want to keep the relationship solid i guess like so that you don't interpret me not talking to you as me being mad at you or well just that's just because well back in the day when we didn't speak it was always like if I if, if we you were bitter, talk, yeah, we were bitter towards each other and we were upset with each other with something. Yeah. And at that time, I was walking around eggshells with you because I always felt like <laughs> I always felt like every single thing I did was the wrong thing because. So does I did every, approach. This I, so does every other man in my life. <laughs> everything they do is the wrong thing. But listen, like it was. I mean, it's true though. Like it's it's true because at that time, the choices I was making was not good choices at all. Like I always felt like. When I would like when I would try to do something nice or whatever, whatever, and we would talk or whatever, and then something would happen. Like we wouldn't talk for a couple of weeks, and then I'm like, and like I get what you're saying now. Like the inconsistency of our friendship has always been because other people has always been involved. Like I get I get it now, but but like all right. So when you at the end of the day, like we're gonna be involved. Like we don't have a regular kid. Like no, Noah's don't. gonna need us forever. Like it's not like. Noah's going to turn 18 and he's going to go start his own life and go to college and, and, you know, and he might do that. Like things might turn around, but like if things continue as they've been, like he's going to need help from both of us for the rest of his life. It doesn't end at 18 or 21 or whenever, like he needs us. And so I think just we avoid arguments because we know it's not, it's not going to end anywhere good. Well, a lot of people don't even know that when I used to, have fallouts or or bad you know instances in my relationships when i would have bad days or a big argument or whatever and i needed someone to talk to it would always be i would call you or i'd come by and talk to you and then you would come you would let me confide in you and vent and if i needed somewhere to like you always tell me if you have some if you need somewhere to go come come talk to me or whatever and i think it's because i'm that i'm that person who like i said is gonna be like i'm gonna be in your life for Mm -hmm. the rest of noah's life like we like we have to like we're gonna socialize until the day comes when one of us dies you know like that's just the like that's just the truth of the matter like it just it doesn't make sense to me like I guess that's why our relationship's different because we know that we're gonna be involved in each other's lives for a really long time mm-hmm. far succeeding 18 years of age of a child so I think that in the back of our minds we know that and we just kind of we're intentional ever, about making it Do you it feel work. like if anything were to ever happen to Noah later on in life, do you think we would still be friends after that? I in all honesty? I wouldn't be friends with nobody. <laughs> I know that, but like <clears throat> with everything that we went through with Noah early on. <clears throat> pretty traumatic. It was it was something I, and I've always felt, and I had a conversation with somebody who had, who had special need kids literally the other day. And it, 
both of her kids are special needs. Not just special needs, like medically fragile. Yeah. Like, well, she, I mean, I know yeah. both of hers. Are, right. Yeah. Um, And that's like, for your first kid to have CP and your second kid to have spina bifida, like, how? Like, how do you, because like, I, I told her, I said, I don't know how Lachelle has been able to manage to keep it, keep her emotions under wraps because she know her, you know, with Jude, I didn't have to. You know, I didn't have to think of any of this, but with you, you have to think of all of this. Yeah, like, I never, I never have... got to learn the things that, yeah. or I never got to not learn, but learn. I learned experience. things differently. Yeah, I never got to experience the like my kids never ran into my arms and said I've missed you today, or like mm. I never got to experience you know my kid riding a bike for the first time, or he doesn't you know come give me a hug when I get home from work, or like any of those things. I think that's probably the the biggest impact on like parents with special like children who have special needs. Um, but keep in mind too, for me, like that's all I've known. I never, I never experienced anything else. This is my, this is my kid experience. experience. Like this is it. I don't have anything to like compare it to, you know, like I learned to be a mom to a special needs kid. I didn't have to adjust anything. I never, I never really missed out on anything because I never expected anything you know well you never expected anything other than what you were kind of the hands that were dealt because we told they told us in the hospital when we were sitting in that room and do you i don't know if you remember that that doctor what was she was she russian or something do you remember his first neurologist yeah the one that said she he would never walk yeah that one yeah so i remember they came into the to the room <clears throat> it was me you and your mom and your mom was holding noah and i remember it like it was yesterday because we had the pictures that we had printed out of the kids and the family and everybody taped onto his little bed his little glass walls of his bed. And they said, Noah's going to go home, but you have to understand that this is going to be a very long road ahead. Yeah. Like he may never walk. And your mom was like, that's fine. We'll build ramps. And I remember that day, like it was so vivid. And all we were just happy was, is that he lived because, you know, at the time he was yeah, super absolutely. swollen. Like he was so swollen that, that the tape that was on his body was like bulging, bulging. Yeah. Like it was crazy. And I think we were just so happy that he was going to go home instead yeah. of being still sick, you know. Cause, I mean, so he was there for 41 days. He was at Vanderbilt for 41 days. It was pretty, that was pretty scary. So when you were staying at Vanderbilt, because I know, like, I was working and I was coming back and forth and everything. Like, honestly, how did that really feel sitting in a hospital room? Because, like, I, I don't want to say I got out of it easy because I did have to come back and work. And then I, would, I did my best to try to come back all right, the time. Right, yeah. But how did it feel to be enclosed and being constantly reminded of the situation with Noah? Um, so it is like definitely a shock factor just because it was something new every single day. Like it started out like their their guesses as to what was causing his issues just changed every single day. And it was like, as soon as you found out one, one possible diagnosis, it's like you go and you Google it and you're like trying to inform yourself of everything that could possibly become of this situation. Mm -hmm. And then the next day it changes and you're like, okay, I'll do it again. You know? And you're just like trying to prepare yourself, trying to prepare yourself. And it's like, throw that away. Cause we're, it's something different. Yeah. And so that was probably pretty, that was probably the most draining part, but um, other than that, like, I was just like, again, thankful that he was, he made it like, cause you remember after we had him, like the mm-hmm. doctor came in and was like, yep, good thing that we took him out because he'd be dead in a yeah. week. And I was like, oh, yep. okay. Cause like, thanks. Not, and see, and that's one thing I will say this. Thank God my mother went to that. Th- that's visit. exactly what I was gonna say. Your mom is the only reason that Noah's alive today. Yeah. 
Because I neither always, one of us were going to say anything. I know. I always tell people that story. Like, so no, I guess people don't really know. Um, so we don't really speak about it. Like no. <laughs> so obviously, like Noah's my first kid. I've never been pregnant before, and I think approaching thirty-four weeks, I'd never really felt Noah move around or kick or anything. I knew he was in there because he had the hiccups every now and then, but like I didn't really feel kicks and stuff like that that normal people would feel. But at the same time, I thought maybe that I just didn't know what it felt like. And I was just like, maybe not paying close attention. And I'd mentioned it to my mom and she was like, well, have you tried to, have you tried to talk to your doctor about it? And I was like, well, yeah, but they just kind of brush me off. Like they don't really, they're just like, don't really think you think about it. Well, they always say, oh, that's normal. He's probably sleeping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she was like, well, I'm going to go with you on the next one. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay. And I remember when you told me she was going to go out. Because you I didn't was, go to that one. Yeah. Yeah, you were like, since your mom's going, I'll just like I'll just let y'all go. So we got there, and then they did all their normal stuff. And it was like wrapping up. Like, she w- like we were about to leave, and they said, is there any other questions or concerns or anything? And my mom was like, Actually, she was like, Lachelle, did you, have you talked to them about your issue with like you not feeling Noah kick or move or anything? I was like, no. So we talked about it and she was like, well, let's do a little stress test. They hooked me up to a stress test and it was like 15 minutes. And I guess that that, I really don't know what a stress test does. I think it just indicates if the baby's moving, if there's movement in there. I I thought they did like a, a thing to make it, like make you stress, make your heart rate go up or something. So make him move more. I don't know. I just know they hooked me up to the machine and they were like, this will tell us if he's like moving and stuff. And then they did that for 15 minutes and he didn't. So like, Hey, we're just going to send you to ultrasound, ultrasound. Like we're going to check his fluids and like check his heart rate and just see what's going on in there. And they were like, it's probably because you haven't eaten today. And I was like, okay. So we go into the ultrasound room. They're doing the ultrasound and everything's fine. Like he's just not moving. And they tried doing like some vibrations or like buzzing noises. And then he, he just wasn't moving. And then they were like, yeah, we're just going to send you over to the hospital. Cause you need a three hour stress test. You just need a longer one. And yeah. like it was, I guess it was closing time for the clinic or yeah. maybe they didn't have the equipment to administer it. <clears throat> and so, yeah, I remember you calling me and telling me they're sending me to the yeah. hospital and I shot up there cause I didn't know what was going on. Right. So, so they sent me over there and then the doctor was like talking to my mom for a second. And then we went over to the hospital and my mom was like, yeah, he's just talking to me about how, um, like it's just cause you haven't eaten. Like you just need to do a longer one. So I went over there three hours or whatever. And about, I guess two and a half hours in, they like come in and they're like starting to give me an IV and stuff. And I'm like, uh, excuse me. <laughs> I know. I well, I remember cause I was in the hospital room at that point mm-hmm. and your mom was there and like, I had already called my folks and told them and they said, well, we didn't know. I mean, we all we did was that, like, we're having a checkup. Like, it's a little, not really serious, but, like, it's a little serious. Like, something, you know, we just got to get some results done. And so, they come in there, and they're, like, sticking me with the IV, and they're, like, we're prepping you for your C-section. I'm, like, what? Like, literally had not heard of anything up until the moment that they're coming in there, like, sticking a needle in my arm. And I was, like, What? And it turns out that, so I obviously had to have an emergency C-section and they took him out and you remember he wasn't breathing and then he had to have like potassium and like his sugar was low and he like. Need, he wasn't clotting. He needed platelets. Yeah, he needed platelets. He actually had to have two. Plasma. Two, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it turns out that that doctor said to my mom before, before we had left and went over to the hospital that 
Like, it's not, this is not good. Like, in that they had lied to me so that I wouldn't get worked up and get stressed out and, like, worried. And so they had, you know, they were like, this is not a good sign. Like, we're probably going to take that baby out. And so, obviously, she just didn't tell me that because she didn't want me to worry. Yeah. So, the appointment was at 3 or 3.30 and the baby came five hours later, 8.29. Yeah. So. I remember being in there. And this is before. Now they won't let people in on C-sections anymore. Really? I don't think so. I don't think so. But I remember going in there because they, they had me. You watched pretty, the whole thing. I did. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember just seeing how it all happened and they brought him out and his body was so swollen. Yeah. And his head was so swollen. His eyelids were shut and they brought him out in the incubator for everyone to see because everyone was in the hallway. Yeah, I, and I think that, that was the first time all our families met. Yeah. Um, Because at the time there was just a lot of friction. Yeah. <laughs> at the time, so uh, that was the first time our families met and that was, and then. We stayed overnight uh, in NICU. Yep. Uh, we had to, like, wash up to our elbows. Like, it was super clean. Like, we had to be super clean to yeah. get in there. And we had to go by appointment. Or, you're not appointments, but we had to go by signing in and everything. And I remember the day that we went home. Oh, that was... So, we, I had him on a know? Monday, and yeah. we went home on a Thursday. Mm-hmm. We'd stayed as long as we could. Yep. And we went home that Thursday morning, and then literally as soon as we got home, not an hour later, we, were sitting on the bed. we didn't even have our bags unpacked. Nope. They were nope. like, yeah, you're going to have to come back up here. We're sending your kid to Vanderbilt. And we're like, what? I remember you got the call, and you were sitting on the bed Indian style. <clears throat> I had just put the bag on the bed. You were sitting there. We were exhausted from being in the hospital the whole time. You were sitting on the bed with your back against the wall. And I remember like it was yesterday. You were sitting there, and you got the call. And you said hello, and then you were, you know, saying something. And then when you hung up, you just started crying. And I said, what's wrong? And he said, he's having seizures. And I said, what? And he said, they're sending him to Vanderbilt on the Guardian Angel. That's yeah. what they call it. And I said, okay. And so we just put the bags right back in the car and went flying up to the, flying hospital. Up to the hospital. And then we followed them all the way to, um, to Nashville. And I remember them saying that they're going to keep the light on in the ambulance. Yeah. And if they ever turned them off. You know, yeah, because he didn't make it. But I didn't think he was gonna make it because of everything that they were doing in NICU. Yeah, because they constantly had to give him plasma, and he wasn't clotting. And and they said he was having muscle tremors. Like that's what they said that his little legs. It turns out, I mean, that was seizures, and it was you, scary. I mean, do you remember when he had the mask on when he was in NICU when we took those pictures? Mm-hmm. And like he would just breathe, and like he he just all you saw was his lips. Like and you remember moving. we couldn't hold him. Like we just had nope. to stick our arms in that thing. We just we can. And put then our arms the nurse on. felt so bad for me. She let me hold him before they loaded him up on the. Or maybe it was before we left. It was one or the other. She felt bad for me because I still hadn't got to hold Noah. So I struggled a lot. Like a lot of people, when they have a baby, they connect immediately. And I struggled with that connection because I never felt him move. And I didn't feel me having him because it was a C-section. I was numb. And I didn't get to hold him afterwards. It was very unexpected. It was literally three days until... So, like, I just never... It was like I was pregnant and then I wasn't. It was never like, oh, like, I knew I had a baby, but I didn't... I wasn't connected. And it, it was... That was hard. And with it being your first kid, that's one of those things that I never wish on anybody because... When I had Jude, I didn't have to deal with that. But with it being your first kid and you being in the hospital for 41 days and still not being able to do the normal things that people would do. So when we were going home from Nashville, like, did you ever think that the, I mean, looking back at it now, I mean, look how many surgeries Noah's had yeah. and everything. Like, do you ever feel like this is how God wanted your life to play out when it came to? I do. 
you do. Yeah. Did, I think, did it give you patience though? It did. I think that, I think God was intentional when he gave me Noah, like with him being disabled. I think all of that was intentional. And I think it's ch- definitely challenged me. And um, I've told you, like I've, I was going through the process of becoming a foster parent. And when I found out that like children with like medically fragile children and children with special needs will sometimes just sit in a hospital because they have no home because they're in, they're in foster care, but they have to be around medical professionals to take care of them because they don't have a home right now. And that just breaks my heart. Like, can you just imagine like Noah just sitting in a hospital room all the time? Nobody coming and seeing him. Like, Like, and when you told me the day, and it's, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to tell you this. <clears throat> the day you called me, because you called me and asked me to do you a favor, and which is what you were talking about, the reference. And I said, okay. And then you called me. You said, can you talk for a minute? I said, yes. And then you told me exactly what you just told me. And I remember thinking, I remember getting off the phone. I'm like, what if we had Noah now? Like Noah, and he's seven. And something happened to both of us. And we're, we're gone. And... Let's just let's just take the families out of it for the moment, and he gets put in the hospital with a bunch of other kids at the age of seven of who you know where he's at now presently. He was can I I couldn't even think about him sitting in the hospital and nobody being there with him that he that loves. breaks my heart and that's what broke mine when you told me and I know like, like I I guess I just sympathize with the children with special needs and medically fragile like that like I can just imagine that being Noah and that breaks my heart that they're that those. Children, I'm not going to say all because I don't want to assume that it's all of their parents, but like you, it's safe to assume that a lot of those, their parents didn't want them. And like, I, that sucks to hear, but like, it's true. Like there's a reason that people get that test done to see if there's anything wrong with their baby. Yeah. Like, so that you can do with that information as you wish if you're not prepared to well some people they they couldn't even they couldn't even fathom the thought of aborting a child but they can't fathom the life of what comes with having a disabled kid or a special needs kid or medically fragile but like even then like when you took the information of this is when that doctor told us that this is going to be no like we he has such a long road ahead of us can you have imagined that it would have been constant trip to nashville no i didn't feeding but do you remember when i was pregnant and they were asking me if I wanted that test done. And I said, no. And yeah. you were like, why? Like, why don't you want the test done? And I was like, because it doesn't matter. Yeah, like, the Down syndrome test? Yeah. yeah. I was like, because it does not matter. Like, I do not care what is, like, at the end of the day, like, I'm going to love that baby. Like, and nothing can teach you. Like, nothing can prepare you. I shouldn't say teach you. Nothing can prepare you to take care of a disabled kid. It is hands-on learning. Like, because every child is different. Like, mm. you... So me knowing is only going to make me worry and it's not going to do anything. And so I said no, because I I didn't care. But there are people there that want to know and they're like, yeah, I changed my mind on having a baby. (laughs) And it's like, what? Well, I think early on, the reason I wanted to know was because to, like you said, prepare yourself. Yeah. Because it's easier to say, okay, let's say we took this test. And it, he found out he had Down syndrome. At least I'm prepared enough to know, okay, like, this is what we need to do. Right, researching. Yeah, researching and everything. Which a lot of times, researching is always not a good thing. Yeah. Because it will, it will literally discourage you. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, not even, I'm not even hating on people who go and do that test. Like, 
by all means, if that's what, if, if that makes you feel more comfortable, then do it. Like, and that, and that is the case for most people. But for me, it was like, I don't really care. Like it is what it is. I'm going to do whatever. So what did, go with the role. I so mean, what, go is, with the, what does Joe think about your fostering idea? Being that he's part of the relationship with you and he's been, yeah, I mean, so he's for it. He, uh, he's definitely all for, um, me becoming a foster parent, but I've been trying, like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to tie him into it. I don't want to make him feel obligated to do it with me. So I've, I've gone through this process by myself because I don't ever want, like, I'll, if he wants to be involved, absolutely. I would love for him to be involved. I would love for him to help me and like love for him to go, do that and experience that with me. But I don't want to make him like, I don't want to make him feel obligated. I don't want any of that because that's not fair. And so uh, I kind of made that decision on my own. And of course, like he's, he's very supportive of it. He thinks that I should. And um, I know he's going to help me, but he's, uh, he knows a lot about the foster system. His mom knows a lot about the foster system. And so there's a little bit of a, inside story to his yeah his care for insensitivity to that whole exactly issue. exactly so i mean when you have someone supportive whether i mean every relationship is gonna be rocky but like when you have a supportive backbone like that that would help you go through something because i mean like you said doing it on your own is fine it's like when you go buy a house you should when if you're single and you're not with anybody you should be able to go buy a house that you can afford w- whether someone's in your life or not yes <laughs> so preach <laughs> So you should be able to do it on your own, whether someone someone's there, great. They're there to share with you, help you. Whatever. I mean, honestly, that's the better situation for everybody. Yeah. Like, not it's it doesn't benefit. I can okay, I'm gonna take that back. It does benefit one party if there's like financial things involved. Like, let's say your name's on the house, but your significant other did the down payment. Well, yeah. obviously, there's like financial. Uh, investment there that is not fair if you were to get a divorce or if you were to separate or whatever and the house is in your name and you get the asset um but if you like if if me and my boyfriend decided to buy a house and he wanted it just in his name because he's putting the down payment then like that's fine i need to prepare myself like probably don't want to get rid of all my stuff just in case like you you just never know like don't put yourself in a situation like and i think that it just because it it benefits everybody. Like we've talked about, like making uh, arrangements to move in together and things like that. And I'm just like, I encourage him not to get rid of his house either. Like yeah. he, obviously he has his own house. Like don't get rid of your house. Don't get rid of your assets because you don't know. Like well, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket because <clears throat> no matter how much you love someone, like don't do it. I just when I think about because see. I've known you long enough to know that you're one of those people that you always have a strategic backup plan. Yes. <laughs> so, and like, it's going to be different when I get married. Like, I yeah. don't want to say, I'm, I don't want to say don't do it if you're getting married. Like, absolutely. You're getting married. Like you're about to be bound by like <laughs> certificate. Like, um, exactly. God, you know? Exactly. So like, if you're getting married, absolutely. And it doesn't mean that you don't love that person and you don't think that you'll be with them forever. It's just like, you don't know what's going to happen. Like, you just don't. And why put yourself in that situation unnecessarily? You don't even know how much I can relate to what you just said. I know. (laughs) And I think that I just grew up, like, my mom was so independent. My mom was so independent. And, like, she taught me, like, don't 
ever rely on anybody else. Yeah. I mean, prime example, like look at my vehicle. You remember when I got pregnant and mm-hmm. my vehicle got taken away from me? I do. Like that would be one reason why you need to have your own things. Like I'm not saying in that situation specifically, but like yeah, anything was, could happen. Anything could happen. That was very, that was very, um, difficult to talk. I mean, it's not difficult, but that was very, that was a hard situation to be in when you had your own stuff and it was able to be taken away from you. And I remember, I remember when all that happened and I just remember you thinking, I, I think I remember you zoning out one time and you were just thinking, and now that I'm thinking about it, looking about it, I think that the mentality you had at that point is this will never happen to me again. You know, because ever since then you bought your own car. Yeah. And ever since then you've always had your Absolutely. Own I will never put myself in that situation. And I, I got in one <laughs> relationship where, you know, obviously some of the assets were the other person's and mm-hmm. I had my own and then whenever the split happened, they took half of the things in my house and it's like, What? <laughs> Yeah. Like this sucks. And I, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to furnish all this stuff myself. And what, like if, if this ever happens again, at least I'm not going to lose half of my, like, it's so strange. It is so strange to be in your own house empty. Oh, like, I, I think, <laughs> I think, I think that that is the biggest thing is like a lot of times when people move in together, they're like, okay, you'll pay this and I'll buy, I'll pay this. Like you just kind of split stuff. But you have to be mindful of that. Like, for example, me and my boyfriend, like, he will, before we went to Florida, we bought a new Yeti cooler, and then we bought a wireless speaker. And so, we were going to go halvesies on all of it. Which I'm surprised you didn't. Yeah. But, I was like, I'll buy this, I'll buy the cooler, and you buy the speaker. And that way, if anything ever happens, that speaker's his, and that cooler's mine. You know what I mean? Like, and don't ever, on big stuff, like... I don't know. I guess it's just the way I was raised. Like, don't let anybody buy you anything big or like ha- at least have some money backed up to replace it when it gets taken away. Well, I remember when you're the split you're talking about <clears throat> and I know what exactly what you're talking about when you're talking about furniture and I, I won't say who, but like, I remember when that it was a section, it was a brand new, awesome section. I remember like it was yesterday. And I remember when that was taken during the breakup, you, <laughs> you Sitting were like, in my living room on the carpet. <laughs> you, you, no, you were, yeah, that, but you literally, it wasn't in no time that you went and bought another sectional because I knew at that point, like, you were like, this ain't never going to happen to me again. Yeah. Well, I mean, you th- well, you didn't ever, ever think that that relationship would end either the way no, it did. No, so. absolutely not. And I think that it's like, again, like I told you, my mom prepared me to be that way. And then I kind of lost sight of that in that relationship. And then, like, after that happened, I'm like, this is why my mom prepared me to for any in every situation like you always have your own back and mm. just in case something happens and it's all love like you know it's you it's think- past us and like i i'm not i would have done the same thing like if yeah. if it was my furniture in someone else's house i would have taken my furniture too like i don't fault <laughs> anybody for doing that do you think that love makes you put blinders on mm-hmm. to see the outside perspective of what things may be because like even then it's just like you're so caught up yeah that and you just don't expect the worst when the worst is around the corner. Yep. Um, there were like even my past relationship and yours, like even they're they're somewhat similar because like you just never never you never thought that they would end, but when it did, it was it was almost like you you surprised yourself that it ended. Yeah. So when you went through that situation where when it finally happened and it was just like boom, you just see how quickly materialistic things became important yeah. to the other person, and I'm just sitting there like. 
so you fight for the furniture and the stuff that we have, but you wouldn't fight for this. That's what didn't yeah. make sense to me. So, I mean, with that situation, I mean, do you ever felt like love ever put you in a, a position to compromise your morals? Mm, I can see how, I wouldn't say morals necessarily. I can see how uh, loving someone and caring for someone could make you blind to certain things because like I said you all you like you always think it's going to work out you think that this is good now but what happens down the road when this happens or this happens or whatever like it's not it's not good and you don't have any other plan in your mind to to you know make yeah, you up never for thought it. you'd have to refurnish exactly. the place that you both you know and it's together. like I said it's so sad like it doesn't feel like home because everything that you've been around for the past year, two years, three years, whatever, is all of a sudden gone. And it's like, where am I? You know? Did you ever feel like the memories is what got you? Like, I mean, I know you come home to an empty home. But, like, do you ever feel like you couldn't be there because mm-hmm. of the memories? So, I would have felt that way if... I would have felt that way if all of the belongings were someone else's. Um, but like, for example, let's just take the sectional. Um, whenever you go into your empty living room, you think about your relationship because that's why it's empty. Yeah. But you can be in your bedroom or pretend all is normal. All is fine. Because as long as you, yeah. Space. Cause you're, you're in your, you're in your own space. Like you, you're in this, in the environment that you've been in for the past three years, you're just missing one thing, but, and everything else is normal around you. But if you're, you know, you go into your living room and you're missing like all your furniture, it's like, I hate it here. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's why, and I think that's why I sold my house because. <clears throat> yeah. I, I mean, I can definitely see that. Like <clears throat> I couldn't be there. Yeah. I, I, I I couldn't be there. I, it was just every time I turned around, it was something that was worked on together. But I'm going to be honest. Like, I think that if, I, okay, I see that too. Like, if I didn't really have a lot of stuff that we quote unquote worked on together, but like, let's say me and my boyfriend now, like he, um, he did that like entertainment area, like underneath the TV. Like, obviously if something happened between us, I would like look at that and be like, oh, like y'all went to Ikea That's so sad. Like, yeah, yeah I was like, that's so sad. Yeah. Um, but again, like, it's like, it's not missing. And so when something's missing, it's like worse, you know? Yeah. I think what the, what the hardest part with me would be, um, the, cause like, you know how people do fans at night for background noise or TVs while you're on the phone for background noise. And it was always like, when it's a every, part of the picture. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you get, you get back into a space where you're there by yourself and there is none of that noise anymore. And so the quiet will kill you. It yeah. will it will depress you because it didn't feel like a place anymore. It felt like just a space. And I think when I was selling my I think selling my house was probably the hardest thing because I literally stayed in one of the rooms and I wouldn't even sleep in my master bedroom. I wouldn't sleep. I mean, I wouldn't take showers in my master bathroom. And it was just like everything surrounding me was just a constant reminder yeah. of what didn't work out. And so when I decided to take my hiatus and get off social media and, and and quit doing podcasts for a little while because I had to re-up myself because not a lot of people know that back in 2017, I had a really bad low point in my life. And the only person that was there at the time was you and my parents. 
And not, yeah. a lot, not a lot of people know that. I think that's why your mom likes me. Yeah, well, mom <laughs> loves you. Well, she brings it up all the time. She's like, oh, you know, you know, Lachelle was there for you. And, like, you know, it's just, and, like, and like I would always be appreciative. And anybody, I, I've had personal conversations with other people who were going through the same thing. That's, and I told them, I said, listen, if it wasn't for Lachelle and my parents, like, I would never have crawled out of the space that I was in. And I think what it was was um, when I just, when this happened – and I got out of, I, I knew what was coming. Like we both knew, like when you're going through a breakup or a split or your engagement fails, you get into a place where over time, like I always think about when people, I always think when people get hurt at their breakup, it's because over the past, you know, months or days or hours or years, you're slowly giving someone a piece of your love. You're slowly giving them a little bit of your trust. You're slowly giving them a piece of you and your life to, to base like it's, it's going to all be at one yeah. and so when you break up you've lost so much of what you've given up you break down the wall of trust you give them so much of your love you give them a lot of your affection you give them time that you will never get back that when you do split up break up that it hurts because you gave so much away that you're missing a lot of it to heal you and so over time you heal and, it, and it's, it's and like that's a wound. the that's the thing about the whole like experience of it and i try to explain this to like everybody that questions why still like am friends with my exes i don't i don't think i'm on bad terms with any ex at all period and the way i look at that is like and i know that not everybody's the same and you can only do this if it's a two-way street because i've been in a rough spot with an ex and like we just didn't like each other we we despise each other we weren't allowed to talk to each other but at the end of the day, you spent a large portion of your life with some of these people. You had a lot of memories with some of these people. Why Why do you want to be, I guess, bitter about the relationship? Like, you kind of have just have to look at it and be like, well, it didn't work out. But I'm so thankful I had this experience with you because you taught me this and you taught me that. Like, one thing that I, I think the, the one thing that I've taken from probably the biggest thing, let me say that, the biggest thing I've taken from past relationships is don't take your significant other for granted. And I'm like intentional about like my boyfriend now just being appreciative of him mm-hmm. and like making sure like he knows I, I th- am so thankful for everything that he does. Yeah. But it's weird because... Like, why are you not bitter towards your ex? It's like, well, if I was bitter towards my ex, I wouldn't have learned that I should be more grateful for you. Mm-hmm. Like, if it wasn't for that lesson that I learned with my ex, I would not be the person I am today. Like, right. I would not have that characteristic of, like, you know, making someone feel appreciated. And, I, I mean, I hope I do a good job of doing that. But, like, that alone, like... I took that from that one specific relationship and I'm a better person because of it. So why would I be bitter towards them? I think a lot of the bitterness comes because of the fallout. Yeah. And and like, like I said, like it was, it hasn't always been like that. I can't say that I've been like grateful. Like we've been close ever since we broke up. Like, heck no, we went like two years hating each other and not talking to each other and like creeping on each other's social media (laughs) behind their back and stuff. But like, absolutely. Like, you have to be intentional about like, Hey, I don't want any hard feelings. Like I'm grateful for you. Like we, I've done stuff with you that I've never done with anybody else. And like, I want to look back at those experiences and 
experiences and not have a negative connotation to them. And so absolutely it has to be a two way street. Like you can't make that effort and the other person not. Yeah. Well, do you feel like, all right, let's just hypothetically say that anything happens to you, to you and Joe, will you handle that split up better than you've handled every other split up? Because as you split up and as breakups went on, like I want to say that I've handled this breakup way better than I've handled every other one. Like, I, I mean, I mean, you've been around me for seven years. Like I've dated, I'm going to say it in my head. <laughs> I got to say it in my head. Five people after you. And I think I've handled this one. I, what I did was I broke the cycle because I think you've grown. Well, yeah. Well, thank you. That's a nice compliment. <laughs> I you, I'm not saying there's no, not more growing to do. <laughs> I'm just but saying like, I think, uh, I really think I handled this one way differently. I think that I, um, I approached instead of being bitter, which I felt like I could be, I approached it with, it's just done. It's done. It's, it's done. Yeah. Cause you were there with my last big breakup and you saw how that went and you saw where, what place I was in and how I was. And I remember you constantly checking on me, seeing how I was doing. And like, you were there, like you saw a lot of it. And what I'm doing, like, I'm breaking the cycle of things that I, what, what history has repeated itself since yeah. I've been dating. And what I'm trying to do is, and what, what did I tell you the other day? And, and you can actually say what I, what your response was. I told you the other day, I said, I think I'm going to start hanging out with somebody. And you were, <laughs> and the first thing you said was, I don't think that's a good idea. You need to work on yourself. I did. T- I did tell you that. Yeah. I, I've thought this whole time, like, you just need to focus on you and like, regroup get your stuff together like so that you can be happy as an individual and like in your single life with your kids and recover on your own and not let someone else distract me and then recover as yeah, time goes yeah, exactly. on exactly that's what i was well doing. not not necessarily just distract you but like recover you for you like yeah. it's a it, it could be a band-aid I, and i know like it's so easy to like it's so easy to mask hurt with something like that feels good, like a new relationship mm-hmm. and like, it's exciting. It's, it's like, yeah, it's like the honeymoon phase and everything, but like, you're just masking up the hurt or not, maybe not even the hurt from the person, but like the hurt of like, or the missing part of like the physical things too. Like, I just don't feel myself in, in my home. Like it just, it, it doesn't feel right. Like regrouping and feeling like home again when you step into your home mm-hmm. and then being like, okay, let's try this again. Yeah. Cause I mean, I tell you this, when I got out, that house is the biggest reminder and slap in the face. And when I, when I sold that house, when I was, when I knew I didn't have to drive back to that driveway again, I felt the biggest weight off my back. Because I had to, I mean, up, up until I sold it, I had to still stay there every now and then. Yeah. And and it's empty. And it's empty. And it's memories. And it's hard work that was put in. And it was just effort. And basically, like I was telling my realtor, I literally got that house ready for the next family to enjoy. Because I didn't get to enjoy it. Because that was going to be my forever home, you know? Yeah. And when I went through all that, and when you heard that I was going on hiatus, what did you really, like, what did you think in your head? Being that you've seen my history as far as how it repeats itself on how I handle breakups. 
for the most part. So I, I, I actually knew you weren't going to be gone too long because, like, this is what makes you you. Like, the this is how you express your creativity. This is what you find joy in. And while it's totally appropriate for you to, like, take a break for something just to kind of refocus, ultimately, like, I knew you would find your way back here because this is what makes you happy. And... So, I, I mean, I knew it wasn't going to last long. But, again, like, I just gave you the best advice that I could is just, like, focus on yourself. Don't. Because yeah. you did. You told me. And I was just like, I was I was kind of thinking that you would give me the opposite. I thought you'd be like, yeah, you know, go enjoy being single and, you know, like, you know mm-hmm. just live your life and just try to be happy or whatever. You were, And you dead ass, like you said, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> I really think you need to. <laughs> I think you need to work on yourself a little bit. And, like, you know what? I, the one thing I did realize is I've never worked on myself. I have literally used almost every relationship that I get into to distract from the yeah. relationship that I was previously in. Because I feel like if I'm distracted and at over time, I don't think about it because I'm doing something new here. I'm starting a new relationship. I'm rebuilding something that wasn't there. And so as I'm deteriorating the memories of what it was, I'm learn. I'm getting new ones with a new person. So I never actually was able to be alone. And I, I think that that's kind of also what helps me uh move on it's not because i don't care it's that i've been happy and content as an individual and i know that i can do it again you know it's it's like i've done it before i can do it again like because i know how to be happy on my own and so just kind of it's hard because you kind of get used to things yeah. But you can Routines, do it. I think. Absolutely. Yeah, you can do it. Yeah, cuz I know I tried to get defensive with it. And you're like, "You know, you really need to be alone for a while." I was like, "You know, you were never alone." Exactly. You're like, "Yes, I was." I was like, I was like "Yes, I was." <laughs> and then I I sat there and I thought about it and I was like, "You know what? She has literally she has been alone for a while." Yeah. Up until like Like I I feel like I take I feel like I, I people listen to this probably like, "No, you don't." But I do feel like I take good amounts of breaks in between my past relationships. Hopefully, I don't have to do that again. Yeah. Joe's a really good guy. He He's a really good guy. He takes good care of Noah. Like, that's what um, – I forgot what it was. My mom – I don't want to – I probably shouldn't say because he'll listen and be like, oh, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, y'all are break up. Go listen to what Jay said that day, you know. Exactly. Uh, no, nah, but he, he takes – like, he is – I don't want to take it, take the credit away from all your past relationships because they did love Noah. I'm not lying. Like, there was one in particular – that adored that baby. Like, yeah. I'm not kidding. Did every, I mean, went to the hospital with you. Supportive. I'm honestly so grateful that that's like, I, that's one of the scariest things about be like being a single mom dating is like your kid. And so obviously like past relationships, there've been a phenomenal, there's been phenomenal ones and there's been like not so great ones, but with, like, obviously the ones? not so, the not so great ones didn't last for a reason. Like, um, and so I'm always so thankful for people who like love Noah because mm-hmm. that's what I'm most passionate about. So like the fact that we can share that and like we can do things together, it, it just makes me feel good. And so Joe does care about Noah. Like the very first thing that he did for Noah that just like made me feel so good was um, they took super while off Netflix and he went and bought the whole, like, Collection. however many seasons there were in yep. a DVD player yep. so that Noah could watch Super Y. I remember you called and told me that. And do you want to know where I knew that it was going to be different? I mean, the phone call you gave me about Joe that 
knew I knew that this relationship would be different. You sent me a picture of Noah asleep. And I was like, Oh, that's really I say, Oh, he's so sweet, you know, you know, beautiful or beautiful baby or beautiful boy or so what you know, what what I usually say. And she said, You said, I just sent this to Joe. I was like, Oh, okay. And you know she like you were like, You wanna know what she said what he said? And I said, What? I wonder what he's dreaming about. And I was like, why did I think why of that? Yeah, exactly. Why didn't I think of that? But it's like, so deep. I forgot about that. Yeah, but like that's how I knew that the this relationship was going to be so different. Because exactly. he didn't give you a stock answer. He, he didn't, didn't. He didn't give you what you wanted like, to hear. He genuinely put in, like there was thought behind his response. Like he looked at Noah and was like, I wonder what he's dreaming about. Like, yep. I wonder what he thinks about. Like, I don't know. I, I agree. Like, that was a huge thing. I was like, dang. Yeah, I know. Because you told me you're like. Who says that? No, I, I, not me. That's for sure. His own dad didn't even say that. But I knew at that point. I knew when you call, you text. Like, you text me randomly. It was like, it was late. It was like 9 or 10. And you text me that picture. No, and then that's what you told me. And I, you're like, you want to know what Joe said? And I said, what? And then you sent that. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be all right. Like, this is going to be cool. And he does a lot for him. He does. He does. He comes and says, hey, to everyone. Like, when I'm there, like, he'll come in and he'll, he'll come right in, take off his work boots, walk in there and talk to Noah every single time. It never fails. Like, yeah. clockwork. And so, it's always good to have a situation, like, in, in, my, in my shoes. Because I think I mean, that's important, too, for you and whenever you're... That's what was so good about, like, one, one relationship of yours is that <clears throat> they included Noah. Like... That that's hard to do. Like it just is. Like, oh the, yeah, I know what you're talking about. The fact of the matter is, is like you have three kids. Got to know that. <laughs> yeah, by three different people. <laughs> um, and they're all different. One's older and prefers old. Like, obviously, he doesn't want to do kitty things. One's disabled and one's a child, like a toddler. And so, it's already hard enough with ages. But add in a disability and making them all feel included and all enjoying the same thing is hard to do. And I genuinely feel like this specific person in your life did a phenomenal job at, like, making Noah feel included. And that was so important. And, like, that's important in all my relationships. But also, whenever you're in your relationships, you know, when you're looking for someone, like, I know that you're going to look for that. Well, the good thing about it is, and this is what I was telling, I was actually telling somebody this today. I love how we're like talking about two specific people or two or three specific people. And we're like this one, like, you know who I'm talking about. Like, it's like nobody, like, we're not even talking about the same person though the whole time, but like, you know who I'm talking about. Well, it's good because that's, that also shows the exact point of how close we actually are that we can actually, when you said that, I know exactly who you're talking about because we have talked about it before and you've expressed how you felt about this specific person about how they do things. Like you, you told me that that was probably the happiest I've ever been in a relationship. You know, I added her on Facebook. I know. I saw. Oh, okay. I thought she told I you. I was like, dang. No, I saw. I was like, hmm. I was like, I thought she added you. No, but. no, no. I added her. So I was like, whenever she accepted it or before she accepted it, whenever I sent it, I was like, this will determine if the beef is over. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, and but see, that's the thing. That's and see, that's where a lot of people don't realize the loyalty lot. When when we split, which I've learned this the hard way the past couple of months, you really realize who your friends are when the split happens. Like you see who yeah. scatters with the wind, 
And when when that relationship ended, like I saw where you where you went, and that's why I'll always be grateful because like you really. Like, well, you at stood the end me. of the day, I'm allowed to talk trash about you, but nobody else is. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I can talk trash about my baby daddy, but you can't. So shut up. <laughs> and you know that's always been the long going thing, where it's like when you when like when you know situations like what we're talking about now, like when I saw that you like y'all were friends on Facebook, I'm like, so. She accepted it. Well, one of them had to send it. So yeah. whoever accepted it, that was the end of that. Yeah. So like. Well, I hope so. Well, like, yeah, I think so. Uh, subliminally so. let me know and unfriend me. If the, <laughs> if the beep is still on and you listen to this. No. I really, unfriend me. <laughs> I think that the beep was. Uh, I don't really think she wanted beef with you. Quite frankly. Well, I, don't, I mean, neither well, wanted beef necessarily. Again, it was just around that time. It was circumstantial. I was, yeah, it, it was. And I was like, I was upset. And I don't even really, I can't say, I don't even know why I was upset. I guess I was upset on your behalf. <laughs> well, you saw the behavior yeah. that, she was, that she was going at me with. And right. like, I was just sitting back and taking it. And, and again, th- it's like from that standpoint, I'm allowed to talk trash about <laughs> you, but nobody else is. Like, that, that's it. At the end of the day, like, I'm going to give you a hard time, but nobody else can give you a hard time. Yeah. Well, I mean, we knew the person before the change happened. Like, right. we knew, like, even you said, like, it's hard to, like, it's hard to blend so many different attributes, like, kids, like, Noah's disabled, Presley, Jude, and, like, it's hard to make them all feel included and actually make it feel like it was on purpose. So when you when you saw that kind of, you know, stuff happen, like I really felt like like you said, like you took it to where it was such a good thing to see at the time. And that's what you wanted, because that's what I'm seeing with Joe. Joe's doing the exact same thing. You know, Joe would do would get off work and come sit with Noah if you needed him to or he'll do it on his own. And like you have that support system, which I felt like even though with your other relationships, when you had that support system, it was always now. Now, stop me if I'm wrong. It was always thrown in your face what the support system was. Yeah. And was. I felt like he wasn't doing that. With- and that that's kind of why I don't expect it. Like, that's why I'm like, like right now, I don't even know what time it is. I know that I need to be home soon because I don't want him to have to watch Noah for me. You know, like I, I don't ever want him to feel obligated. I don't like, I don't know, but because I don't want that to ever be thrown in my face and I don't even think he would ever do that but it's just what I'm used to you know like I I just I don't even want to get in I don't even want to let the I don't even want to let it let the feelings come out (laughs) yeah I don't even want to like set up the situation to happen like I just I don't I'm so grateful for him and I know that he you're definitely in a different space than you've ever been that I've ever seen you in yeah I mean that's why I was just like I've definitely grown from my last Two big two relationships, relationships yeah. yeah. I think. Now, which one? I'm trying to think of you. You made a big change after relationship the, one. The sectional relationship. Yeah. I you made the biggest. That was one of the biggest turnarounds I've ever seen you because, like, you when I sat and tell you that you had this look on your face of. This shit ain't never happening to me again. Yeah. And like I'm like it was almost like you did what I did. Put all your eggs in the basket because of what you've invested in on time, relationship, what this person did to go out of the way for your son and like you put like they to you know, to win in your heart is to appreciate Noah. And this person did. I mean, regardless yeah. of all the other shit, like sh- sh- you know, they did. And so 
when you saw that that ended and you saw what happened right after that and then you saw like the outcome of how materialistic shit became more important at that point like mm-hmm. you were just fucking well it's like the things that, that were normal in my life were missing yeah like it, and it's not just the sectional it's like you're half of the dresser you're yeah. ha- your towel hanging up like it's like so it's like you don't realize you just don't realize how much of belongings are it, yeah yeah exactly. it'll, it'll literally it's like, you. you feel you feel like foreign like yeah. you're just like what what is this it looks like my stuff but a lot good. of it ain't here you yeah know? exactly <laughs> like you'd be surprised like shampoos <laughs> yeah towels um shoes it's so arrangements crazy. of clothes like it almost feels like it feels empty it, it feels like that part of your life was erased at that point it really feels like what the fuck was this like real because yeah. like none of this stuff was here like it's not here anymore so it's just i get it trust me the mentality is hard to grasp sometimes when you're going through something that tough right so but i mean i appreciate you coming in and talking to me about all this this has actually been a really fun <laughs> conversation i appreciate you being open about no i know that wasn't easy and uh i know as far as being publicly talking about we've we i know you when when he was going through his stuff like you were updating and doing all that but i don't think anyone's ever heard the stories of what like how you felt and yeah and what we went through and what actual no actually what noah went through and um and even talking about relationship like people would think it's crazy that me and you who once dated who have a son together who's had an on and off friendship for years can sit here and talk about relationship advice and give each other advice and how we always manage to like go to each other when we when we need each other. So it is kind of it is kind of crazy. And I hope it sets an example to uh, let people follow the kind of. I mean, because trust me, there's been days where I know you'll kill me, you know. And I know you're just like you. <laughs> I don't think you were even more mad at me. I don't think I've seen you mad at me in so long until the day that. Me and Joe tried to fix that bike, that uh, oh motorcycle handle. My <laughs> oh my God. You were so pissed at me, but that's when I, I handled it so well. You, you, that's that's growth. And that's what I was telling Joe. I was like, dude, this is the calmest I've ever seen her get mad. <laughs> I was like, she is livid right now. I know. I literally just like. You walked away. Walk, I just walked away and went inside and like went in the room. I was like. And Joe looked at me. He's like, dude, I'm not even going to lie. I was about to do the exact same thing. He said, but I'm glad you did it. <laughs> He was I was so, so pissed. He was so glad that I did it, though. He was I know. Like, I'm so glad you did it because if I, I was about to do the, I was literally he was walking like, and I gotta over. live with her. I know that's a crazy thing. So I appreciate you coming in and talking, and uh, maybe we um, can do another one. It's my pleasure. Oh, ugly. <laughs> you can't talk about that. But I gotta get you and Carmelody in here. I love her, so we really gotta get her in. Carmelody would love to be on a podcast. You know, she just had her baby, so we're letting her kind of get into yeah. the groove of. Okay. Being a mother, and then I'm sure she would love to get I, on here. I've seen pictures of that baby, and wow. It li- she literally looks like a doll, a baby doll. I didn't get any like, photo- how is that possible? I, listen, I didn't get any photo credits for that, okay? Those pictures. Thank you. Photo credits? Yeah. What about all the hard work I did? Well, I mean, you did hard work. I guess to- I did get credit. <laughs> yeah, you did get more credit than me. And no one said, oh, thanks, Jay, for, for, your, the tub. for the tub that she laid in. Which it was actually, a, it was a really, I love those pictures. Yeah. I never, even, I've really heard good. about those milk baths, but I've never seen anyone actually do it, do it. And it looks really good. So I was really surprised to be, you know, or it's not surprised, but I'm really grateful to be a part of that in some way. Well, I said nobody else is going to be in that tub, so I might as well let her go in there. Exactly. So, but anyways, I like, I appreciate you coming in and talking. And this is Let's Discuss It with Jay. It's on Anchor, Google Podcast, 
Apple Podcasts, and I'm working on the YouTube channel. I had a lot of my content up. I reached 10,000 subscribers, but people were stealing my content and cutting it up, and then I had to go to court for it. So I took all my content down, and uh, I'm working on getting a lot of it put up when I get it copyrighted. But I do have a YouTube channel. It's Jay Puente, and I'm going to start putting some of the podcasts back up. And y'all enjoy this. Uh, Share it and like the page. Thank you. (laughs) 